I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I said, give me that steak right there. He said, first we didn't know two of you, Dude, I grabbed that tree, cracked it over his head. I lost all my senses right there. And I swear, my whole walk to the office, I said, Jimmy finna send me right back to the ghetto. I just got here. I lasted one day. I just got here. Over a state. Yo, 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 welcome to RG3 in the Wands, a Wave Sports and Entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Robert Griffin III, and uh, you know, on this show, we're going to talk to the ones. I mean, the ones at the top of their industry in sports and entertainment, not just the ones that got game, but the ones that know game and study it. Hopefully, by the end of this episode, you'll walk away with something that allows you to become the one in your life. That is our main goal. Who am I? I'm just a guy that, uh, I'm a good luck charm, honestly. You know, we just had Blake Quorum on the podcast, and guess what? He won a national championship. So if you want greatness, come to RG3 and the ones. I'm also the one that just interviewed the uh, the family that their name sounds like the um, the N word, but it's pronounced how you pronounce it is Kanega. So go check that interview out. It was a lot of fun. And of course, the one that predicted to you guys that CJ Stroud early in the year was a top 10 quarterback. But then I doubled down and I told you he was a top five quarterback in November. And he's been proving me right every single week. He is him. But before we get to the episode, I need you guys to understand we need you to subscribe and like our YouTube page. All right. We can't get this done without you guys. And I want you to also know that if you follow us on social media at RG3 and the ones, we're going to be dropping daily clips to get you guys excited for those episodes that are going to drop every single Thursday. Also, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. We're having a lot of fun on this show and we're dropping nuggets every single week. So make sure you tune in there as well. But coming up on this episode, how about them Cowboys? I mean, we are talking to a Cowboys legend. I mean, the one that they call the Playmaker, Hall of Fame wide receiver, three-time Super Bowl champ, and he's a sports media icon. I'm talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Irvin. Welcome to the show, my brother. Hey, man. Welcome, man. Well, thanks for having me, I should say. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, man, I, I can't tell you. Well, you know. Man, other people don't know, but you know. I, when you called, I said, okay, I got you, bro. No problem. Now, Tuesday are my only off days. It's kind of like in the NFL. You know, you only get one off day. And right now, Tuesdays is my only off day. And I'm usually not doing anything on Tuesday. I did my hair. I shaved a little bit. I don't okay, shave okay. for nobody on Tuesday. <laughs> only you. I ain't working for nobody on Tuesday. And let, let me just tell everybody why, because you're my boy now. We go way back. You yes, know, I've always, I've always loved RG3. I told when he first got in, we were we were breaking the Cardinal rule back then. You it's know, true. he was playing for Washington. I was a cowboy. <laughs> we talking on the phone. Yep. I'll tell you this. I, I, I appreciate it when you called and say, man, I want you to come out, watch me work out with my boys. You notice know, when you were playing the yep. first, second year. Yes, I went sir. out and watched it. Everybody said, Michael, y'all are supposed to be commingling now. You know that's Washington, <laughs> Dallas. That's, I, that's my boy right there, man. I text you all the time. 
telling you how great you're doing right now. Right now, I love what you're doing. I told you you were going to be doing this. <laughs> yes, sir. I told him. I told him yeah. when he was playing. I said, buddy, you'll be doing what we're doing, and, yes, and you're going to do great at it. So I text him all the time when he's doing great. You know you my dude, man. Only for you. Only for hey, you. Man, I, I, give up this I, I appreciate you taking that Tuesday. That's normally a day <laughs> off and, and doing this for me. And you're right. You've been there with me since day one, and I really appreciate yeah. you because you embraced me even back then, and especially in this media world, you know it's not always very welcoming, but you've, you've been very welcoming for me since day one. I had to ask you this question, though. Has anybody ever told you you look like Idris Elba? All the time. I get it all the time. <laughs> I don't necessarily buy it, but I get it all the time. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll let that go. It's not a bad option. It's, it's not it's a bad not option a, to take. Right? It's not a bad comp. Listen, they, 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 got, they got him on all the lists. Mikey on all the sexiest right. man alive lists. All, all of them. So, you know, I, I don't know where that brought me in, but, but, but I'll take it, man. I, I love him, too. It's so funny you mentioned him because, you know, I, I haven't seen him in, in, in traditional movies enough, So, but I've seen right. him, you know, on, on, on all the other streaming movies, man. I, I love the dude, man. He's a great actor. I, yes. I don't know him personally, but, but what I've seen him do is work. He's been great. Yeah, he's got he's got a lot of great works. And, and I just saw something about you and you use – you drink water up from a water bottle upside down to get rid of hiccups. Explain that to me. I've never heard you that. You see, I, we did that on the show Sunday. Let me tell you what it's so funny because you know we get old, man. I got you know good issues, right? Sometimes I get some hiccups and it won't go away. You know what it's like trying to do a show, and we do a four-hour show on Sunday. I'm just right. <laughs> and, 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 and I and I asked everybody because I didn't know. I kept holding my breath, and it didn't work. So I said, listen, anybody out there know any Surefire Remedy? This is two years ago on the show. Right. Surefire Remedy to get okay. rid of hiccups so I could finish the show. Stayed there all sitting all these options. The one that stuck was lay down, upside down, drink water, and it's gone. And I'm telling you, it works every time. I mean, <laughs> no matter how bad it's going on, you can lay down, drink water, upside, and it's gone immediately. I did it on the show the other day. And I got to finish the show, but you know <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. It's all those. There's so many home remedies out here to fix stuff, and you get them all now on social media. But if we communicate like God intended, you know that's why the Bible says, "Confess one with another, pray you one for the other." We're supposed to communicate everything, and all the time we'll find these things out. That's what social media did for me. Okay, listen, the power of social media. I certainly know yeah. that. We, we, we've we uh, made waves. All of us have made waves. Uh, no pun intended, yeah. you know, uh, right. on social media doing our thing. So, <laughs> we, you know we're going to talk about the Cowboys. Before we get to the, that, yeah. I want to talk to you about this issue with Jameis Winston and uh, the kneeling at the end of the game versus the fake victory formation touchdown for Jamal Williams. Just what was your opinion of, about Jameis? Was he wrong for defying the coach? Uh, what's your whole take on that situation? Well, there's a lot goes into that RG3 that you know they're not going to put out there. Listen, if, 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 if somebody needs one touchdown to get yeah. $700,000, $500,000, right. million, right. dollars, I don't give a damn about that other team. My teammates <laughs> that much. I don't care. And, and, and I don't, I don't want to defy coach. I don't want to defy right. coach. But, but, you know, if, if coach is saying, if coach is saying, let's kneel, let's kneel. What if coach didn't know? Right. right? And he come in the huddle and he said, man, dude, I need one touchdown to get this million dollars. I'm going to hand him that damn ball to him. I'm going to hand him the ball, too. Right, I want to hear that. I'll deal with coach. I understand. And, dude, dude, we got to stop this mess. 
Yeah. I don't know where this comes from. Where, like, like, dude, you can't tell me what to do with my team. You, if you want to call me rude, I understand. Whatever you want to call, he's not, he's not. That's not players. That's not sportsmanship. Whatever, you know. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson used to say we were playing in Dallas and Miami. He had such so much talent at Miami. We would be beating teams twenty, thirty by thirty points. We put right. in our backups. The backups been practicing and busting their butts too all this, all, all year. They don't yep. want to get out here and kill the ball. They want to try to make plays. We got to stop with the madness. You yes. know, never do you defy your coach. Now, yes. but 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 if my teammate needs that one touchdown to get a million dollars, half a million dollars, and we right here, <laughs> and I'm a kneel, and, right. and he gonna lose five hundred thousand, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not doing it either. Take that ball right there, get that money. Let's get out of here. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Take that ball, get that money, and let's get out of here. But dinner on you, dinner and drinks on you tonight. When exactly. I get this ball, you know that dinner and drinks on you tonight. But that's, but that's that's just what it is. That's just, right. people want, they'll talk about one side of it, but there's another side to it that that that, that also exists. And, and on that side, I understand Jameis Winston. Yes, and that's the side I'm on, Mike, because he said it was a team decision. It wasn't like he right. went rogue. The whole team right. said, you know what? We don't Let's care do about those other guys. Right. Let's get our guy a touchdown. He right. had 17 touchdowns last year, Mike. He had right. zero this year. Right. And, right. and my, my thought is, like, Jamal is such a a, a locker room guy. Like, why, you'll see the reaction. You saw the reaction. We, we're both on TV. They were all excited for him, hugging him. Right. They, they, right. They're kissing him on the, on the mouth, trying to celebrate how, how happy they were with him about that. So I just thought it was honestly cool of Jameis. He's a free agent. He knew he was going out the door anyway. It wasn't the reason Arthur Smith got fired. And uh, on top of that, Jameis let his teammates know at the end of the day, I got your back. Nothing's more important than us. Nothing's more important than us. That's the echoing statement that's got to be driven out there all the time. Nothing more important than us. And yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Too. Yeah. And you, you talk about that nothing's more important than us. And I saw the scene on the field when Jimmy Johnson got inducted yeah, into the Ring of Honor. Dude. It was yeah. incredible. You being there with him saying, how about them Cowboys? For what seemed like one of the greatest how about them Cowboys of all time, right? It was an yeah. amazing moment. Just for yeah. you in that situation, how do you – are you happy now that it is – us when it comes to the Cowboys between Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson? Yeah, man, I had a great meeting with Jerry. You know, I was over yesterday doing some shooting once I landed back in Dallas and straight to the complex and I had to do some shooting over there for, for the Cowboys. And, of course, Jerry right. called me up and to the office, and, and that's another two, three-hour conversation whenever he up at Jerry's office. <laughs> you know, we are talking about the good times, and, and we talked about that, and it was an incredible night. RG3, man, let me tell you something, man. I, I, I sat there, man. I cried when, when, when Jimmy first got his Hall, Hall of Fame ring in the right. stadium because I sat in back of him, and I sat in back of him, stand, stood in back of him, I should say, for so long. I did this my, my first year out of high school, you know, and, and I've always stood in back of him in games, and I've never seen him so happy than we was the first time he returned to the stadium to get his ring of honor, to get his Hall of Fame ring. I was just crying and crying in the background. And this time also, let me tell you what I thought about. I thought about when Jimmy got to Miami, you remember Snellenberger had just been given the okay to go in all the ghettos. Correct. All the ghettos of Florida and get kids to bring them to the University of Miami. Kids that never had an opportunity. And, and I was one of those kids. And what Jimmy did for us, 
man, that I think about all the time. God, I don't get emotional, but I think about it all the time is hmm, all of us kids coming out of those ghettos. Right. He would say to us every Thursday, <laughs> every Thursday we're going to meet. We're not even going to talk about football. He said, I'm going to make sure you guys have an understanding of how to to make plans for your life beyond football. Right. The, the, the sense to set a plan to accomplish hmm, what you want to accomplish in life beyond football. Now, right. now, when we came from, no one's ever done that. Right. No one has ever said there's going to be a life beyond football. We were just using football to get out of those ghettos. But he said, one day you'll stop playing. Right. And you've got to have a plan. And we did this every Thursday night. He would bring us some Big Macs and Whoppers or whatever, something to eat. But we talked about what we're going to do beyond football. I think now, excuse me, about that room, all the guys that were in that room, and I look back now over the, at the success, all of them are having beyond football, me included. Right. And I say, a few times in life, God's going to send somebody. And it's that person that's going to really help you get to where you need to be. That person, I deem and I dub the miracle on my journey. And Jimmy was certainly one of them. My first day in Miami, my first day in Miami, man, I get in a fight. I, I get in a fight in the training table. I've never seen food like this. So, so right, right, right. I'm a freshman. They're telling me, get back. You're a freshman. Shut up. Bro. You're a freshman. I said, okay, okay, okay. But I said, I, I want that steak. They kept talking. I got back around. I snuck back the around. Was talking to you. I said, give me that steak right there. He said, freshman, didn't know to you. Shut up. Get that steak, man. I, just, I said, okay, 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 okay. No problem. I just got it. I got it. <laughs> then the dude finally went. He said, listen, all right, all right. And he looked at me, and then he said, give me that same steak that freshman wanted. <laughs> Dude, I grabbed that trick, clacked it over his head. I lost all my senses <laughs> right there. Cracked over his head, man. I'm kicking this dude off. Man, they pulled me off the dude. They sent me to the office. <sighs> and I swear, my whole walk to the office, I said, Jimmy finna send me right back to the ghetto. I yep. just got here. I lasted <laughs> one day. I just got here. Over a steak. Over a steak. <laughs> that I had never seen before. I had never seen a steak like that before. Over a steak. Oh, now, you got to let me give you the background. I'm the 15th of 17 kids. Right, so we right. didn't ever see anything like this. And right. I told Coach when I got there, I said, Coach, listen, man. Them boys bother me, man. Ain't them see no snake steak like that, man. I told them, just let me eat. I won't bother. <laughs> and, you know, coach started laughing. He said, listen, son, I understand. I never heard anybody fighting over food. But as one of 17, I'd imagine you get used to that. You know Fighting every day. Every day. Right. right. So he said, listen, I'm not sending you home. I'm going to stick with you. He knew That's I awesome. had just lost my father. And he right. said, I know, I know, I know you're just, you, you're trying to make it for your family. I know you just lost your father. I lost my father my senior year in high school. He said, I'm going to stick with you, Michael, but we just can't be fighting each other, <laughs> you know? Yes, and, you and, and I always think about, had he done something different, you know, I, I wouldn't be here. And I, I, I just appreciate him. I really do. Nah, Mike, it, the, the, to me, listening to that story, and I know a lot about your, your background, maybe people who are, are listening or watching this right now don't, but it, it just feels like we all need a Jimmy Johnson 
in our lives at some point, right? What he did for you was absolutely incredible. And then for me, when you when you take that into who you are, who you became uh, as a Hall of Fame wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, I've always wanted to ask you this question, and then we'll get into the football. But what does it mean to you to have been a Dallas Cowboy? It was everything. Oh, man, I break that down. So you, you're hitting it all, all those, those soft areas now. You know, my dad was a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. And, 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 you know, I was just talking about, you know, I lost my dad. My dad, I, 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 all, I, all I know about football growing up and the time I spent with my dad watching football, we watched the Cowboys. He, his favorite receiver was Drew Pearson. He loved to call him Clutch. He said, son, that's how you play receiver. Clutch, you don't make, make the play, man. You should make the play. So, so, so then, of course, you know, as we're watching, he used to always promise, we're going we to go catch a game one day. So one day I'm going to save up some money and I'm going to take you to see one game. Of course, he, he, he never did. He never had no, any money to take me. But, but that was our dream. I, I find that, I, I don't want to digress, but I find that so funny right now that even though he promised and he never had the chance, and I know he tried all he could, look how good God is. Now, I get to watch games. I get to go to games for free. You know, and no, 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 not just free. They pay me to go to the games. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so to, to go and do the games, you know, a broadcast, and I'm like, wow, that's that's so crazy. You know, we couldn't afford to go, and I get to go. Uh, my dad, when he watched the Cowboys, he watched Drew Pierce. I directed my game and my career here. I graduated, you know, I graduated from the University of Miami as a junior. And right. at that time, the only way you can leave and go to the league early was you had to graduate. Correct. As a junior, I graduated and declared for the draft. That means I have control over my draft to an extent. Any right. team that drafts me, since I was a junior, I had my junior eligibility, I'd already graduated, I could drop class, apply right. for a supplemental draft, and then get redrafted, and they would lose their draft pick. So teams had to call me to draft me. So Green Bay called with the seventh pick. I was like, no way, Green Bay. My whole family, we are the poetest people in the world. My whole family talking about, no way, Green Bay, no way, Green Bay. I'm like, right, <laughs> no, no, we ain't got no money. We poets, I don't know what. And I know the word is poor. I used to joke. We were so poor, we couldn't afford the other or the R. We ain't said poor, we said <laughs> poor. We just left it at poor. That's how you were. <laughs> but but it, was, it, it was so interesting. I lose my dad my senior year. I get drafted to the Cowboys. I get drafted to the Cowboys. And, and every time now, since my dad has never seen me play football, never seen When I was in a little league, he had 16 to 17 kids. You don't have time. He's working. And then, then again, you know, high school, we were Fridays, he's working Fridays. He worked all day, every day, you know. Uh, and then I, then I lost him. I, lost, I didn't play my junior year because I got trans, I transferred. And, of course, ruled I couldn't play my junior year in high school. I only played my senior year, and, and he was gone. So when I got to Dallas, the only way I can measure my dad's excitement for any play I made, I would – I would, when I make a catch, I would think about one of Drew Pearson's catches and how he reacted or how he responded. And I would imagine that's how he reacted right now because I was wearing Drew Pearson's number. It just worked out that way that I was wearing Drew Pearson's number. So it made me have a closer moment with my dad that never got a chance to watch me play when, when, when I got that number. So, you know, my dad wore, he wore 88. 
on his. He wore that little fedora hat like Tom Landry. <laughs> he was a pastor. He was a pastor. He would wear the turk. And they were all told the Cowboys playing these. He got the head on. You know what I mean? <laughs> got the Tom on, the Tom Landry. So, so it, yeah, me getting drafted there, that, that just that just made it, that just helped my, my union with my father and helped me play for my father and the promise I made to him um, about taking care of my mother. Hey, man. Mike, I, I tell you what, you know, I, I sometimes I get into these situations when I ask a question and it's just I want to listen and I want to hear everything you got to say, because for you to be able to honor your father with your game and to become a Hall of Famer and be the greatest 88 in Cowboys history is uh, certainly something that you have certainly honored him with. I know he's looking down and is proud of of all those moments that you've had and all the greatness that you accomplished for his Cowboys. All right, people, you know what time it is. It's time to make that money. RG3 and the ones is presented by Prize Picks. And Prize Picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. So let's get this thing rolling. It's super simple. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry easy as one, two, three. Testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, and we know I got the skills, do you? You can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. And get this, prize picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday each Tuesday. And prize picks discount select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. We love a discount, don't we? And tacos, of course. But prize picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. There's quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of player and stat types are what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So let's get into it. This week on prize picks, I shall be selecting my main man, Tyreek Hill. Listen, they have him at 89 and a half receiving yards. This is going to be a rivalry game against the team that he used to play for, and he didn't have his best game earlier in the season. So I'm going to say he's going to have more than 89 and a half yards and uh, let him get his revenge back. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I think he's going to have a great game. My second selection will be Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think he's going to have more than 57 and a half yards against an Eagles secondary that has been absolutely atrocious this year. If the Bucs are going to even have a chance to win, God win has to be him. So I think that's what it's going to be. So those are my picks. Daily Fantasy Sports is made easy with prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash RG3 and use code RG3 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Come on now. Let's get this money, baby. When you talk about those 88s, if you had to rank the 88s, how would you rank them, uh, you, Pearson, Dez, and well, C.D. Lamb right now with what he's doing? How would you rank you guys? Well, uh, well, I, I, I give it the order in, in importance because it, it, it has to have a genesis. It has to have a beginning. And the beginning has you. to have great meaning before we can grow anything. Right. You see? And let's break it down what Drew means to to the 88 club. And, and, and this is what I think is so prophetic, if I use that word. Oh, go ahead. Eight, preach, preach it. Come number, on. The number eight stands for new beginning. The number eight in the Bible stands for new beginning. In seven days, he created the world. In the eighth day, a new beginning. We begin a new day, the eighth day. 
Drew Pearson went from undrafted to the Hall of Fame. That's a new beginning on your life. I don't where you started. You started as undrafted. You left a Hall of Famer. You you gave your life a new beginning. You just well, hey, everybody sees you differently now. You earned this. So what he started was the right way. And when when I got here, I think I was, they told me about wearing 88. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. I, I, I don't <laughs> right. Drew Pearson. I said, listen, I don't know about that. And then I talked to Drew. Drew said, no, yes, wear it, Michael. He said, I said, Drew, I, I, I want to honor you. Because, you know, Drew Pearson was the first person to interview me when I got off the airplane. Okay. He asked me then. He said, he said, you're, you're, you know, you know who the lead receivers for the Cowboys. I said, I know who it is. I know it's you, Drew. I know who it is. But I also know who it better be in about 10 years. Are we going to be talking about me in a bad way? And we laughed about it. But what I love, Drew gave me fatherly love back okay. then. And we were so close. He said to me, he said, take it. Take the 88. I said, Drew, I just got to honor you by doing what you did in this number. He said, no, don't do what I did. He said, you do better. That's you take it and you do better. And I thought about this. It's like any great father, any great father, you know, he, uh, 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 you know anybody in the family, you want to work hard as you can and, and, and take your family to a not another level. You want right. to raise a ceiling for your family. No doubt. But you want, I want my son to step on my ceiling and make it his floor. This exactly. is the bottom you go to. Now you go and raise another ceiling. And that's what Drew was telling me. Yes, he said, sir. don't just do what I did. Step on that ceiling and make it your floor and take it to another level. That's what I try to tell everybody that I hand the 88 off to. When C.D. Lamb called me about wearing 88, because he called me first. He called He He was... He loved number two. He okay. loved DeAndre Hopkins. And he wanted us, hey, man. He said, Jerry asked me about wearing 88. He said, I wanted to reach out to you guys first. I thought, I said, man, I'm honored to reach out. He said, uh, I said, let me share with you my thoughts on this. Okay. I said, I said, if number two is the number that you will wake up with every day and bring the best out of you when you yeah. look in the mirror and put toothbrush to tooth, get ready to start your day, and you go get that number two and yes, you sir. wear and you become the best you can be. But you understand if you decide to put 88 on your back, with mm. 88 comes great responsibility. Because the reality is, come on now, when you put that number on, it's going to raise hope, not just you and your family, but in a whole Cowboys nation because That's they expect true. certain things with that number on your back. I said, if you can't handle that raising of hope and all of those expectations, then stick with two. Don't do them two eights. <laughs> don't do them two eights. You stick with the number two. Don't put them yep. two eights on your back. He said, I appreciate you saying that, man. I'll take that into account and everything. I said, one thing, one last thing before you go, because, you know, Jerry had just lost his best friend who named right. Glenn whose name was Lamb, and he wanted to honor the 88 in his best friend by combining it. I said, hey, okay. CD, let me tell you one last thing here. I said, those family, you know, Steven, Jerry Jr., Charlotte, all of, the, all of his kids. Yeah. They're going to remember when his time comes 
you put on this alien for the for the dad. If no anything should so happen to dad of God, should so decide to take you from time to eternity, it'll be easier for them to write you a two hundred million dollar check that you go earn. Wait <laughs> on your back that you want for your dad, there you and go. I guarantee you, he's moving towards that two hundred million dollar oh. check. Oh right yeah, he is. Now you know. Oh, yeah, he and, is. And, and, and RJ, I tell you this. In order is a different thing, but I'll tell you, I say this, and people think I'm crazy. C.D. Lamb is the most gifted, physically talented 88 we've ever had. Oh, Neither wow. one of us were able to do equal damage inside and out. Most okay. of us was an outside receiver. Okay. C.D. Lamb is becoming now uh, uh, tantamount to what 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 Tyreek Hill is doing. Okay. I tell people. With the old 88s, the old 88s, you build a passing game around. Right. This 88, they built the whole system around. <laughs> he's running, he's he's in the inside, he's on the outside, he's in the backfield. We, I stay out wide. And Come on now. Your, you bring your butt out there, whoop your butt, whoop your butt out here. <laughs> but I ain't, want I ain't want none of all that mess in the middle. No. It's too much junk on there. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> they was hitting back then now. They Man, was hitting. And they, and they were really hitting. Yeah, <laughs> every, I used to hate this too. Cause you know, like you, you, you hear, you know, every third and fourth, watch Irvin on the slant. Like, damn, there I you didn't go. know I'm about to run the slant route. <laughs> you still got to go run it. You still got to go run it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, Mike, tell me, tell me this. CD Lamb, when I watch him play, to me, he looks like he's reaching enlightenment. You know how sometimes, right. and, and you might have right. gone through this at some point. Right, right, right. You you got to play. Hey, I got a slant. Hey, I got the 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 seven step play action slant, a little deeper. I got the outcut. I got the deep cross. And sometimes receivers will literally run the route that is on the piece of paper. I saw CD Lamb run a deep cross route where he he learned he knows how to control his speed. So he got to like the top of his route. And then when he burst across the, the safety's face, he went into like hyper supersonic oh, speed right, mode. Right. And like right. when I see receivers do that in my own experience, I'm like, oh, he's not just running the route. He he's running the route to win. And he understands right. the timing and the coverage. And, and he's got all of that now. And you said it, bro. And people don't get the depth of all of that. And this is why even and especially what you just talked about, especially when you're on the inside. It, 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 on the inside, on the outside is different. On the inside, it's more knowing when to be open and how to get open. You see, because when I'm when I'm dealing inside, uh, uh, even if you, you drop back, and most of the time those inside receivers, I'm coming down to lay down, check down. I may be reading up the field, up the field, up the field, and then coming back down, right? And so now you got to know how to set that timing up. And we got some great guys in this league that know how to do it. You know what I mean? You can tell they really play. They look like they're playing quarterback at the wide receiver position. Yeah, they're playing cutting. That's what Travis Kelsey's so great at. That's why him and Patrick Mahomes are so great together. They, you think that's a route on paper? Are you crazy? That's not the route on paper. That's not the, the route on paper. <laughs> You've been looking at the paper route. And you're going, I'm going to be right there. And they're not there. And, 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 and on the inside, it just it, it makes it so incredible, man. Yes, if it you does. know how to set people up. RG, what you're talking about, Kudo, and I tell people, a surefire way to lose if you play wide receiver 
if you're leaving the huddle thinking about, okay, what route do I run on this play? Right. You're going to lose. True. You got to leave the huddle thinking, how do I win on this route? There you go. So, so that's why I got to have the offense in my spirit. I can't be leaving saying, do I got to out or do I got to be in? Because I'm, not, I'm thinking about what to run instead of how to run it. You've already lost. You've already lost. So, so, so they understand how to set players up and set people up in routes, man. That takes them to that next level. And yes, that's where CD Lamb got. Let me tell you one thing that I had to work with tomorrow. CD had to understand, like I said, CD, that's a man, you got you got a lot of guys around you now because Amari right. Cooper's gone. True. Everybody, 88, they're gonna watch 88 everywhere you go, everywhere you go. Everywhere. So sometimes, sometimes when the first couple games uh, uh last year, he was he would be in the middle around all that traffic and he was right. trying to catch balls with his hands. I said, let me just help you out. There are human nature things. There are, we, we got natural protection. Somebody did that, your eyes naturally blink. You can't stop yourself. That's, That's your true. own That's body protection. So, so, so in the middle uh, of all of that pressure, your body ties up. Not true. that you don't have courage. It's just a natural thing that your body does. So when your body ties up, your hand ties up, and that ball will go through your hands. Or that ball will hit your hand and, and hit the ground. So I said, don't be afraid to catch it on your body with all that pressure around you. Because sometimes, even if you catch it in your hands and they hit you, now that ball tipped up in the air for an interception. So if you put that ball on your body, you may take a hit. You may even get knocked out. But you'll walk to the side and say, me, I got the third down. I got the third down. You're going to catch the ball, boom, and get hit, as opposed to getting hit like this and knocking in the air. These are little things. Little things are pressure moments to help you overcome your body's natural defense in pressure situations. And and little things like that is what you talk about, the enlightenment of the game. It takes you to another level. No doubt about it. And and, and it reminds me uh, of a story I'll tell you real fast from college. So I didn't play wide receiver in college. I clearly played quarterback. But we had a play. Uh, All the way on... to a Heisman Trophy. Don't just drop that in like that. No, okay, okay. We, we, we did win a Heisman there. It's, it's, okay, awesome. Okay. it's, it's an awesome moment. It's a very awesome okay. moment. Okay. So that season, we're playing TCU first game of the year. We get up on them early. Then they come back. I threw a pick late in the game. They take the lead. We come back. I throw two or three straight incompletions. And now it's fourth and 10. And coach calls a double pass. Now, Mike. This double pass has me throwing like a bubble screen to the wideout and then running down the middle of the field. All offseason coaches like, you're going to be wide open. No one's going to be in the middle. You're going to be running scotch-free. I'm like, all right, cool. I got you, coach. This man signaled it in. I'm like, all right. I throw it to my man, Kendall Wright, on the outside, and I run down the middle of the field, and I promise you it felt like the whole defense was watching me, Mike. The safety, both safeties is there. The linebacker's looking at me, and I look back to Kendall, and I'm thinking in my mind, Right, you talking about the CD Lamb catching across the middle? I'm thinking in my mind, he ain't gonna throw this. He's not gonna throw it. This man drilled back and threw the hardest pass I've ever seen, like 15 yards down the field. And guess how I caught that bad boy, Mike? With my body. Caught it with my body. The safeties both hit me. The linebacker hit me. Messed up my AC joint in my throwing shoulder. But I caught the ball, man. I caught the football first down. We ended up going going uh, and kicking a field goal to win that game. And it was because of that catch in the middle of the field. So whenever receivers talking about, man, you don't know what it's like to run across the middle and get hit. Shit. Yes, I do. Right. And I held on to the ball. So you, I'm with you. You held you, on because you put that in your body. If listen, you had caught that with your hands, it would have been gone. 
Oh, it'd have been gone. I promise you it'd have been, been gone. When gone. you going across that middle and you in traffic, you gotta catch that bad boy with your body. I tell you guys, stop listening to them jokers in a book talking about thumbs up. They they <laughs> never ran real slants with dudes trying to take your head off. Exactly. It's easy to write a piece of paper, but go and really do it, that's different. And that's where you start looking for other ways to survive. They just wrote on a piece of paper. They never had to search other it's ways true. to survive in that job. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's real. So when you when you talk about that with CD and, and going across the middle, then my next you know question is like the wide receiver quarterback connection is is super important, right? But before we get to that, I want to ask you: Do you think that Dak Prescott is the MVP? Well, it's been a great conversation. When you look at stats now, that mm-hmm. that, that that stats and numbers says that, that he's had a better year than Lamar, right? And and the wins on the team, it's just, it's, it's not that, that they're right here. They're right here. Right. And, and, and I, I understand that when you throw in, or, or as they're saying, they're, throw, they're throwing in and, and the, the, the ability yeah. of, uh, of Lamar to run over that. But that's not what we're doing here. We want to always put, MVP with excitement, I think, as opposed to production. Right. You know, at one point, we're talking about Lamar being MVP. I think he had 18, 19 touchdowns, throwing yeah. touchdowns, passing Correct. Touchdowns. It was like, I don't think I've ever had an MVP at the quarterback position with less than 20 <laughs> touchdown passes. You know, that last game, he threw for like five and helped yeah, him. Yeah, it, it right bumped him up a bunch. Bumped no doubt. him up a bunch. A bunch. If he needed that. I know you needed one more five catch, five six touchdown game, but then then we can stop talking about this issue. But you know what I mean. Certainly, he's played like an MVP, but Correct. but Dak Prescott does have better numbers in in the in the variance in teams. Uh, on uh, you know what I mean. Record wise, is not there, but but Baltimore is the best team right now, at least on paper and what what we've seen so far in the NFL. So maybe they take that bi- a big count a big account from that. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like when you look at the numbers, you can make an argument that what Josh Allen did down the stretch. Uh, he's got right. 44 total touchdowns this year. That's uh, insane. Dak's got 38 and Lamar's got uh, 26? Yeah. 29. 29 total touchdowns. So, like, when you look at the stats, it's there's a wide range. But sometimes it comes down to impact, you know. And I do think that Lamar has had the biggest impact right. on his team and he's responsible for the most on his team. So, I understand that. But when we get to this conversation about that quarterback receiver connection, I want to know how did you create that connection with your quarterbacks, whether it was uh, uh, Walsh or Testaverde at Miami or Troy Aikman with the Cowboys? Uh, that's, that's interesting, too. You know, I remember having Vinny my first year, and, and then we were going to we switching up to Steve, Steve Walsh. Yeah. You know, and, and what I did, what I did was. Steve Walsh is coming in, just a young kid, young young freshman coming in. I said, hey, Steve, I spent every, in order to graduate early, I spent every offseason in school. Right. Full course. Um, this is the only offseason, I said, the first, uh, the first course, I'm going to be in Minnesota with Steve. Okay. I said, no. He had, no, he, you know, he was starting to play, he hadn't been playing, he was a freshman. I said, okay, I can't go to school this this semester, summer semester, because Steve was going home. Okay. I need to go to Minnesota with Steve. I went to Minnesota. <laughs> you to Minnesota with, with Steve? Him. 
the whole summer, and wow. we worked out every day in Minnesota. You know, you know his family, ate his house every day, just spend time together. So then, then we both came back for the second summer semester because we had to go to school. Yeah, we went to summer school, and and and, and then we started training with the rest of the guys. Okay, you know, but 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 all the things that you talk about that we talked about earlier about going beyond what's on paper. Yep. That was the time he and I worked on going beyond what's on paper. Okay. He was going to be new. We, you know what I mean? He wasn't. He hadn't been in the game. But some man, these certain things are going to happen. Let me give you an example. I said sometimes we're going to run this these slant routes. Right. I, and we're going to hear people say, "What's my favorite slant? What's my favorite?" When they're doing that, when when you hear when I, a slant third step hit and go in, I right. may widen this guy. Well, I may widen my corner. And yep. we catch that slant way out there by the numbers because I know that linebacker waiting on that Waiting for in. you in the middle. He got it. He's, he, he, he's turning in wake up. I see you, Michael. I see, I see you too, Joker. I ain't coming way in there. What's wrong with you, Joker? I so, so I widen out my corner. Get your butt over there. And right. I catch that ball two yards, two steps off him, two steps before him and try to slide up the corner and get right. out of there. You know what I mean? I know I, what you mean. These are my things. I need to talk to Steve right now about this. <laughs> and we need to work on this while we're in Minnesota okay. and it's just up. Because when we get in the game, it's going to be way too much going on for correct, me to try to tell correct. him this day. I'm going to say, listen, pressure situations, they're going to know this slam is coming. I'm going to spend more time out wide, and that slant got to be thrown out wide instead of coming in to that backer. Those yep. are the things that make the difference, and those are the little things. That's why I was so impressed when you called me and said, hey, man, we working out. Come on. I was like, okay, I'm going to definitely go, go, go see that. <laughs> yeah, the, the fact that I was able to um, – obviously, the respect I have for you and, and, and the way that you helped me when I was a young player – was phenomenal. And the fact that I got guys like Santana Moss and Pierre right. Garcon to come to Waco and to go to Arizona and do these different passing camps uh, in my first and second year, I thought that was a, a true testament to obviously their professionalism. But also just as a young guy, you want to you want to put in that work with you guys right. so you can build right. that chemistry. But, Mike, you are. You know what Santana reason. Moss got that from. You know what Santana Moss got that from. I told you what Santana Santana was my dude. You know, I raised Santana Moss. You he know, was, I brought something Santana. nice in Miami. In Miami. I brought Santana into Miami. I used to tell him, man, on that sideline, we, we were playing somebody with a tight guy. I said, hey, young buck. I said, you want to make money? I was in the league then. Yeah, I was right. back there one of the guys. I said, young buck, you want to make money? That's just a big-time game. Big-time <laughs> players play big-time, big a big-time game. You got to make a play. He said, uh, he said, Mike, and he went out. Man, he went out next to you play. And K made big play touchdown. K was like, is that big time enough? You know, you remember the time was out You know what I'm talking about. Why? There you go. When we had a moment, RG3. Listen, man, when we had them moments on TV where we just acted the fool, oh my God, and said Tanner Most realized what I said. It was right. real. It was, it was just great stuff. Nah, man. man. Santana was. Stuff. He was phenomenal. I still remember a touchdown I threw to him against the Cowboys, unfortunately for, for you, my man, on Thanksgiving where he had the little twinkle toes on the sideline, back shoulder caught it. I was unbelievable. So Was that you guys that somebody beat us late over the top? It was 13-0 most of the game. Watched yep. the, 
It was and then when Alger, we went Alger, in the Alger ring of Robinson honor. went deep over the top. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It was, it, we went in the we went in the ring of honor that night. Troy, him, and me. We went in the ring of honor that night. And I know when and then and then they, we lost the game. Dan Snyder and Mark Shapiro, I think, they flew and left somewhere. They called me the next day. Dan right. Snyder, Michael, we ruined your nickname. <laughs> and I'm going to phone on. I said, "Oh, dirty dog." <laughs> right. <laughs> They were fighting, man. Yeah, they were. And, and, you know. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. You talk about the like off the field stuff with, with like working out and doing doing some of that stuff, but yeah. come on now, playmaker. You was you was notorious for 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 doing some other type of bonding off the field and, and having yeah. some 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 uh some things going on. Right. How, talk to me a little bit. You know, you were a young kid, you know, yeah. from the ghetto. You talked about how you were 15 to 17 kids, and sometimes trouble would follow you around and and it might be trouble that was trouble bonding with teammates in different ways right. talk about that uh the the moment in 1996 with the motel room uh and and the white house right. that i i've been to the white house but i ain't been to the white house you've been to my dog so <laughs> just talk to me a little bit it's about so about funny, those man. instances uh, and how that helped you well, bond and you have know, a good time right right and, and we're young we're young and you know we're running around Dude, we did some stupid things. I mean, we, was, we were crazy with we young kids. Like, I, <laughs> I remember some of the things where, right? I remember when they first came out, like, or when they first came out with these new Mercedes, right? The one, the ones that you hit the button, bing, convertible, and they all go put away nicely and the top come over. Right? They just came out with it. And we saw, we were all we were practicing a lot. We said, man, you should, you should not see new Mercedes. Man, that's cold, that's cold, man. So, man, let's go get one. So about five or six of us. Let's go get one. We all ride and go get one. Boom. We go, in, we go get all different colors. Me, Emmett, Alvin, Arvin. We all go by the brand new one. Head out. Mm. So we get in the red light. Drop a flat. Mm. All of us letting the roof back at the same time. Mm. Right, 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 right. I mean, we just cut it. And then pull right up in the spot. You know what I mean? Right up in the spot, everybody looking at us like, hey, look at these So, so we 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 were taking we were taking our spoils from the victories, if you can call it that. Not just on the field, but but yeah, we had some fun off the field too. I remember when I <laughs> let us know, playmaker. Come on, let Leon us know. Let, I'm gonna tell you about it. I'm gonna tell you a story too. I remember Leon let call me. He said, Mike. He's a man, hey, I think we've been infiltrated. I said, what? <laughs> he said, man, you got to close down the White House, man. I think they said the media, heard, media found out about it. They're building a story about you need to close it down. Right, right. I said, big cat. I said, you been watching too many damn movies. This ain't you, I ain't closing down nothing. Are you crazy? I'm not closing down the car. Are you crazy? <laughs> So two weeks later, right. true story. I, I you know I'm sitting in meetings, and and they come to my meetings. Wednesday, it's Wednesday. It's game plan Wednesday, 
Okay. Said, hey, Jerry wants to see you. I said, no, no, tell Jerry. I said, wait a minute. We're putting in the game. So I got to make sure they're putting in my play so we can get what we got to get in the game. So I said, right, right. He said, no, Jerry wants to see you right now. I said, tell him later. He said, right now, Jerry. I said, what? I said, okay, I go to see, I go to see him. Jerry said, Michael, the story is breaking about some some house y'all have called right. the White House. Right. You have where everybody goes. He said, what, what? He said, Michael, you know, I just need the truth. If I ever can help you, I need the truth. I said, boss. He said, is this true? I said, boss. I said, it is true. I said, boss, I was trying to do the wrong thing the right way. I was trying to do the wrong thing the right way. He said, what the hell did you just say? (laughs) And I broke down to a why the whole reasoning behind it, right? And it started out a great idea. Because we were all, you know, young and you'll spend money in hotel rooms and everything. I said, man, why are we doing that? You're going to spend five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars for one night. We can put something in a bag and just have a house sitting over here. Big five, six bedroom house. You know, we just come by any time. Now, what we did, we kept it close to the complex. You're going to leave your car at the complex and we shuttle you over. So we don't have Rosewood, Benton, Mercedes, all in this little neighborhood. These people saying, who the hell is all of this right here? So it started out great. Everybody was following the order. What, what doomed <laughs> us was it, it was the after the club nights when everybody wanted to come by after the club and they had already been drinking and they didn't follow the orders. I and got all you. the cars were parked up in the house. They get you now, busted. I got you. And now everybody's wondering where is everybody all these cars? And yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess, yeah, I should have I should have moved around those houses. You know, <laughs> six months here, six months there, six months, six months, six months. But I read that wild now, now, if you're, if I remember correctly, uh, after that, there wasn't a that too like there was no legal trouble for the White House, right? No, 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 no. It was just it was the, but it was the ho- the motel room in 1996 <laughs> right. that right. that you showed up with a mink coat on to the court Let appearance. That That's so funny that you bring that up now. Uh, <laughs> I, I, me and Jerry talked about this yesterday. You know what had happened is, you know, I, I, I Jerry set up a meeting with the DA. God bless him, he's, he's passed now. His name is Mr. Gillette, short guy. He set up a meeting with the guy. And this true story, I said, I went and sat with him. I told him, I was being, Jerry said, just be real. Be real. I said, I'll be honest with you. And, I, and, and the whole thing was, I said to him, I said, listen, I ain't saying I haven't been wrong. Right. That I haven't, but, but I'm just telling you, I'm not wrong this time. We were, I came to this hotel room, everything right. was already there. Right, he right, was right, like, right. Uh, when I got there, because I had gotten off a plane, I had an autograph show in, uh, in Oakland, and, okay. and I got off a plane and came and meet my friends over there. So funny, dude, RG. I tell you, man, I swear to you, I think about that, and I hear the voice every day. <laughs> that ride that ride over there, I swear, I heard that little voice that said, don't go to your hotel. I feel you. Don't go. I swear, oh, my God, God's my witness or my kids. Like, I heard that voice, and I disregarded it. Right. It went anyway, you know, <laughs> and, and I remember the woof came over my face when they knocked him. Boom, 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 open the door. I said, golly, he tried to warn me not to call me. It's not that I was good at it. I was still pulling up in that hotel. Right. Because my ignorant butt wouldn't just get a rental car. I need to pull up in my car, playmaker all over. Playmaker everywhere. 
ain't never, I'm not putting down this car. This is, you know, the symbol on playmaker. So I was doomed to get caught and things like that. But Jerry, Jerry set up a meeting with me in the DA and he said, listen, he said, just be honest and be real with him and, 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 and see where this goes. Right. So I did. I was honest with him. I said, listen, man, I, I'm telling you, I've been wrong. I've come. I broke, we have broke stuff before, but this time I didn't. Right. And the room wasn't in my name. You got to have standing to, in order to get arrested. So they, she had all the stuff in her purse. They arrested her that night. They let me go home. They brought gotcha. me back in this six months later. They reopened oh. the case when this guy, okay. when this guy Gillette came on, he was a new DA. He came okay. on. So Jerry okay. wanted me to meet him. I met him. And, and he, I talked to him. And what he said to me, and this is why I worried me. Thought what he said to me, after I told him the truth, he said to me, he said, let me tell you what I think of you. He said, I think you're a piece of shit. Oh, my gosh. He said, no joke. He said, I think you use your fame and your money and take advantage of a lot of these poor white girls. Wow. And he said, I'm going to fillet you like a fish and leave you in the alley. I said, Mr. Gillette, I, I, I'm telling you the truth about what happened. And I'll never forget this. He said to me, he said, the truth is not what happened. The truth is what I will make it in that courtroom. Wow. He said, I will fillet you, and you'll see it tomorrow. Now, my deep down ghetto Negro came up. I got you. you. What I'm I saying. got you. I know what you and mean. I went south. I said, dude, I came in here because Jerry asked me to try to work this out with you. Right. But I see you have made this something personal. And, and, and I said to him, I said, let me tell your short ass something. <laughs> this is my first offense. Right. One way or the other, I'm going to get probation. And one way or the other, somebody's going to pay me five, six, seven, eight million dollars a year to catch a football when I get, when I get off that probation. You're going to still be here making nothing, your short mm. ass. I'll show you tomorrow when I give you what the media will be talking about. I wore a mink, and that's all they talked about. Gotcha. It was 65 degrees. It wasn't even mink weather. But I knew, <laughs> I knew if I'm coming in mink up in Versace, we're going right. to talk about the mink and not even the case, and certainly not what Gillette wanted to make it. And that's right. all they talked about. Well, Mike Irvin showed up in the court in a meat coat. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, was, it was crazy, but that was the premise behind it. You know, 15, 20 years later, 15, 20 years after this, I was, I'm in the broadcast TV. I'm doing a game in New England, right? right. The Patriots are playing the Cowboys. I had that meat coat on on the sideline. About 20 years ago, my wife blowing my phone up. <laughs> she didn't know I had taken it out the house. <laughs> I, I finally asked her, I said, what's up, baby? She said, I don't give a damn if you freeze. You get in there and you take that meat off. I don't, don't want to see that again. Okay. So she, Mike. she said, she said, all I thought about was that courtroom, you go and throw that thing away. You know, oh. it was a gift she had given me. But yeah, you know, I, I have never worn that meat again. I have oh never worn gosh. it again. I still have it, but I have never pulled it out again. And when you talk about like team bonding, 
Um, you look at a team in the NFL right now that, to me, needs to do some type of team bonding, and, and it's the Philadelphia Eagles. And A.J. Brown tried to do it. Apparently, he took them yeah. to a, a, an escape room. And I would say uh, if you're going into an escape room with the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> uh, who do you think is like going to be the leader inside of that escape room and who's getting left behind? What is an escape room? Explain so you, you basically go in and you have to like complete tasks. Uh, think like uh, Saw. You, you, you got to complete a task right, right, and that's right, going right, 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 to right, help right. you get out of the room and you move to the right, next right. room and you're just doing all these different things uh, together. So it's <laughs> you got to escape the room. So I it's like, like the for, hotel for, room better. Uh, but that's, uh, <laughs> the White House better, but that's a whole nother thing. I'm just joking. I can't <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, you you a funny dude. <laughs> you a funny dude. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just. I shouldn't be playing with that. <laughs> but, 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 I, I thought that was. I thought that was a good idea because there were work things going on, and people had been saying things about the unhappiness of AJ Brown. And, and 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 when you get down to the playoffs, you got to put all that mess behind you anyway. Now, right, right. what happens is what happens though. What happens is that they have to connect. Yeah, we had a team bonding moment, and then it connects to what we perform like on the field. Then we can we can put that in our mind. If we're moving here now. All that stuff behind us. You need that moment to say that's behind us. Let's move on. I, I thought Dallas got a chance against Washington with the way they played. They said, okay, now we can, we can go into this playoff saying we feel pretty good. We put all that road stuff behind us now. You're looking for these things. Because, you know, RG, it, it, it's, it, it, it's all mental. It's more mental than it is physical. I tell you, it, 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 it's so much more shoulders up than it is shoulders down. You keep looking at what a guy look like. I'm trying to see how he thinks. How give me the process of how he thinks. I'll tell you if I can win with him. That's the reality, and, and, and it's all about how you see things. I, I still think Philly has time. They just need to put the good, a good game together on the field. And and and, and I got in this place now. The team that wins the Super Bowl this year is going to be a team with a great offense. So, 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 for all these teams, uh, has some deficiencies defensively. Uh, unless you're the 49ers, 49ers are pretty good, but even on the back end, you can get them on the back end. You know what I'm saying? Their front end is very good, but you can get them on the back end. So, so, if your offense can hover around 20, anywhere from 25 to 35 points a game, you got a chance to do something in this playoff. You just got to be able to hit that mark between twenty five and thirty five because it'll take you, it'll take that to win every game. Okay, I, I kind of look at that from a from a. I agree with you. Like you got to be able to score. A team like the Chiefs, it feels like they they're not going to be be able to just fully just like blow teams out. But they got a, a top five defense, so they can kind of accomplish that. For Philly, you know this, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but like there's nothing worse than like having a team meeting, like a players only meeting no, or no, giving a speech no. or going and doing the escape room. And then all of a sudden you go out you and you lay an egg. <laughs> it's the worst feeling in the world. Like you get, Guys, we're going to get it done. Get over here. I need you to get your head out of your ass. We're going to go win this football game and you lose the game. Like We don't like, care about what play to what coach all. We're going to make it work. It don't matter what play. Dude, 
Remember, I started this thing three and 13, one and 15. You know how many meetings we had when we said that? How can we go, man? We gonna make it work, we gonna make it work. And we go out and got our butts kicked. kicked We were playing Washington one year, they had just won the Super Bowl. I'll never forget Wilbur Marshall. It's so funny, Wilbur Marshall, Wilbur Marshall's a bad boy dog. Oh, okay. Wilbur Marshall's the baddest linebacker in the world, boy. Right, and right, he right. had this dude, he had these big looks. <laughs> and, and his eyes was always red. And his looks were always crusty. It just looked scary. He right. just looked scary. And we were beating Washington. They just won the Super Bowl. We beat Washington. We, we, we were like 3 and 13 this year. We're beating him. And I'll never forget Wilbur said, Calm down, Tony Defense. Calm down. They're just excited. Once the excitement wears off, we're going to commit to whooping their ass. <laughs> and that's exactly what they did. <laughs> they whooped our butt. I remember walking off the field and Wilbur said to me, he said, young buck, young buck, excitement don't last for quarters. <laughs> I said, okay, you got to have some substance behind that thing, you know what I mean? That's true. But That's I learned true. right there, you ain't going to win no game off excitement for four quarters. You got to put some substance. And the Eagles, their substance was that run game last year and worked oh. everything off it. 100%. So what has happened here is they're trying to grow, and that's the right thing to do. But when you, as you grow, you got to keep the main thing, the main thing, right. and grow off a bit. And I think that's where they just, just, just got off, off track there. No, nah, no doubt about it. And you know, obviously going into the playoffs, you're looking at the Cowboys, Packers coming up this weekend, and. Uh, just in your opinion, what do the Cowboys have to do to come out victorious against the Pack? That, that's going to be a good game, and it's a game I'm worried about, to be honest with you, because, I mean, you, you see what Jordan Love's doing right now. Let me tell you something. Jordan Love's throwing, I think, as I was studying, I saw some numbers, like 30, 30, 30 some touchdowns, the first or second-year players. The first or second-year players. Uh, like 3,900 of his 4,100 yards with the first or second-year players. That's in, that those are amazing numbers. Most amazing numbers to the youth of that team. And then you get a younger team like that, RG, you know, they, they don't know what they don't know. They'll mess around and get in the game and start throwing that ball all around. <laughs> You'll find yourself 14 points down yep. before you know it. Yep. I hope Watson ain't playing. I hope he's not playing because <laughs> if he's playing, then I'm really worried. Because I, I really do like what Green Bay has. Right. But I also think it sets up perfectly for Dallas to get an opportunity to at least get to an NFC Championship game. And yeah. if not in San Fran, it very well can be in Dallas. You right. see what I mean? If Philly goes and lay an egg in Tampa, and, and they could do that, Tampa win that game, and the uh, uh, Rams go in and beat Detroit, you know, yeah. you can end up with this thing. Somehow the Rams go and beat San Fran, somehow being the championship game in Dallas. So, it's set up True. perfectly. Dallas just got to take up their take care of their business. Yeah, they do. And and you talk about the Packers, like Jordan Love and what they've been able to do, giving the ball to Aaron Jones. Uh, every Packers fan is like constantly clamoring for them to do that. But they play a brand of football that uh, they can control the ball and, and keep it away from you. So I think it's incumbent upon the Packers to make sure they don't get down in that game. And and it's also because I feel like at times the Packers have been a little front runner-y. You know what I mean? Right, now, this game right. is at home where they've been dominant. Right. You're, you're, the boys right. has been dominant at home. And you talk about, like, the, the different scenarios where the Cowboys could, could end up being at home, uh, you know, uh, here for the NFC Championship. 
Do you think that the Cowboys can actually go to San Francisco and beat them on the road uh, in, a, in a scenario like that? That's going to be a hard game for the Cowboys. Yeah. But the NFL and the Super Bowl requires you meet all demons and exercise them. That's just Ooh. the reality of it. Okay. This, this is why this is unlike any other sport. You can't get here with deficiencies. Right. Or you can't get here with inefficiencies. Right. You, you, if you're missing something or not doing something well, you won't get here because it all requires everybody working together. Let me tell right. you, you'll never see anyone win a Super Bowl. You'll never see a team win a Super Bowl that really don't like each other. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Happen. That's true. I don't care what you say. It's not what it may happen in basketball. You know, it may happen in baseball. uh, Anything (laughs) else that may happen. But it would. Reggie Reggie Jackson and uh, all of that that went on in New York, they still won championships. Right. It will not happen. Yeah. In football. It's it's just the reality of it. You got to exercise those demons. So, yeah, the Cowboys may have to go and exercise those demons to get that opportunity. And and can they do it if they're playing their game, their best game, and Dak's playing the kind of way he's been playing for that spot that he played during the season? And even last week, yeah, they got opportunities. They could do it. I've said this and I tweeted it out that um, on Monday Night Countdown, I said it, and then I've obviously I tweeted it out later that I think the Cowboys just have to change their mindset. Mike, your nickname is Playmaker. Like whenever the ball was in the air or, or, or there was a moment when a play needed to be made, you made the play. And I feel like that change in mindset for the Cowboys to get away from some of the front runnery stuff on the road where mm-hmm. when it goes bad, they just let it all go to shit. Like to me, that's just a mindset change. I don't, I don't have to wait for things to get bad to get good. I'm going to be good. I'm going to make sure I'm making the plays. And if I'm Dak, I am playing at the highest level. If I'm Micah, I'm making that play on the strip sack. I'm making that tackle. I'm making that pick six if I'm De'Ron Bland. You know, he's got the most in single uh, season history right. in the NFL. Right. Like, to me, that that is a little bit of what sometimes the fan quite doesn't understand. Like, you always hear the saying, ah, it just wasn't their day. Yeah, that might be the case. But if I'm Michael Playmaker Irvin, you gotta every make it day, day is my day. You got to make it a day. And the reality is that's all it comes down to. Right. Think about this. The other day, you watch. You watch Houston and Indy play. Right. It was right there for Indy. Gardner Minshew, that's a, that's a pretty basic, easy throw. And everybody's getting on the running back for dropping the ball. But Should have been like, a better throw. That could have been easily been a better throw. Easily. And you look at those two games. You look at those games and those two quarterbacks, I should say. C.J. Stroud made every throw he needed to make. That's what he got drafted where he got drafted. Exactly. He made every throw he needed to make in big moments. Gardner Minshew lost a few of those throws in yep. the big moment. The moments you're talking about that could have won the game. He makes that throw perfect. And he makes a right – and he don't have to be a perfect throw. A, a good or a better throw than that easily gets you the first down easily. or a touchdown. Right. You put that ball on the front side of him any kind of way where he don't have to turn all around. I try to tell people too, RG, that's a hard catch. That's a, that was a hard catch. It's a harder catch than people give him credit for. 100%. You have to, to, have to flip all the way around while you're running this way and you, you feel the panic to get that one yard because you know people coming. You go, come on, ball. I got to turn around and get, get situated again. 
that that was a hard play, a better throw, I thought was required right there. But it's making the plays when you have to. He did, see, did Stroud did, Gardner Minshew did not. And that, that's the difference. I was surprised, and I know Trevor Lawrence was a little hurt, but I thought same thing with Trevor Lawrence. Man, he missed some throws in crucial moments, but I know he was gutting it out for his team. Correct. But, but I think you're, you're, you're spot on there with the Gardner Minshew, Indianapolis Colts situation because with the Texans, they got first-time head coach, first-time play caller in Bobby Slowick, who was a, a position coach on the, on the team I was in in Washington in 2012 and 2013. And you got a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. And I've said this time and time again, C.J. Stroud, like he's a dot specialist. Like quarter, Receivers love playing with him. Tight ends love playing with him because he always puts the ball – where it's supposed to be and gives you an opportunity to go get yak yardage. I call him a dot specialist. I and like that, boy. I was going to steal that anyway. You know what you mean? Yeah, I, I will steal that. Listen, we, 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 we can uh, share that together. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I heard you, if I heard <laughs> that, now, if I hear him say something like that on TV, I take, hey, I'm stealing that. Just let you know that that, that dog song, I'm going to definitely steal that one right now. Oh, oh, you go, yeah, yeah. You going to steal it like Cat Williams? All right, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to digress. We're going to digress. We're going to digress. So when I, when I look at him and I call him a dot specialist and I'm like, every part of his game is solid like Metal Gear because I'm a little bit of a gamer, so I love Metal Gear solid. But it's he's athletic. He can throw it. He can own the line of scrimmage. He does all these different things. I think you need that from your quarterback in today's NFL. They got to be a triple threat. Beat you with their arm, beat you with their legs, and beat you with their mind. So I've been really, really impressed uh, with the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud. How about yourself? I've been super impressed with it. And what you just said is why I don't run my radio in my mouth too much about Lamar Jackson becoming the MVP. You just mentioned it. You got to be a triple specialist now. See, that position is changing. Remember, that position didn't require you to be a triple specialist. Just made, it, meant, it just needed you to throw the ball. And, and, and see the game. Now they're saying there are too many hidden yards and these guys are too fast. We're going to need you to add something to your game quarterback. And now that triple specialist comes into play. You know what I mean? At quarterback, those quarterbacks, are, you, you will have to be able to move now. You don't yeah. have to be able to run like Lamar, but you got to be able to move. You got to run like yeah. RG, but you're going to have to move. You got to move. Nobody wants that stationary quarterback, you got to be able to move and get some of those hidden yards. Patrick Mahomes, he's not trying to kill you with the run, but right. he'll move around just enough to keep that player alive and keep get a close down here and there. That's a vital part right now of playing the positional quarterback. 100%, Mike. And you talk about that with the need for the QBs, and we're seeing, uh, you know, it was Black Monday. Uh, a couple of days ago or Black Tuesday yeah. or, you know, because you got guys getting fired today as well. When you look at Mike Vrabel getting fired by the by the Titans. Uh, I, was, just, I was blown away with that. I'm blown away. Unbelievable. I, Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, Mike, I know Mike Vrabel is a great coach. And, 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 and I know I know some things behind the scene, like, you know, that they they're getting rid of A.J. Brown. He didn't want all of that. You, you get rid of that. And, and yeah. You know what I'm saying. That's no, it. I know exactly That's what you're saying. I, I, I always trip on, on these organizations. They listen to too many dudes that wear suits Ooh. and not enough dudes that are wearing the uniforms. Mm. The dudes that are wearing the suits, they're just talking about it, and it, 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 they're running a business. They're running a business. The guys that go. are wearing the uniform, they are investing body parts in it. 
Come on now. Party parts. You know what I mean? You preaching now. Stop listening to them dudes that wear suits. (laughs) Listen to the dudes that are offering up body parts. Mm. They'll tell you what what, what they need to win games. Yes, my you you preaching. Listen, Vrabel, six seasons there in Tennessee, four playoff appearances. He's coach of the year. They go to the AFC championship game. Like, yes, they had two down years, and I understand it's a what have you done for me lately type of league. But I fully believe that any team that gets Mike Vrabel to be their head coach next year, they're getting one of the best leaders of men. And and to your point, like a guy like Antonio Pierce uh, with the Raiders, I know there's a lot of uh, rumors going around that that Jim Harbaugh could be the coach there uh, in Las Vegas. But look at how this guy got that team to rally. You know, you don't even have to talk about the previous coach. We all know he did a bad job. But Antonio right, Pierce, right. the job that he did, getting that right. team to buy in and have a, have a blast playing the game, to me, that's the example of, of why guys, even guys like yourself, Mike, I believe you're, you could be a great leader of men. You could be a great head coach. Now, you do a great job on TV. Don't get me wrong. You're a phenomenal job. But guys would, would clamor to be led by you in a way because they know the energy you bring. They know the passion you have for the game. And it's really hard to get that from a guy that's been wearing a suit dang near his whole entire life right. or who right. has been in the coaching carousel for the last 20 years. Right. Like sometimes they lose touch with the players and that's a big right. deal in today's game. In today's game, it's everything. Yeah, It's everything. Can you communicate to the player today? And that's the only thing where a great coach like a Bill Belichick has to be mindful of as he gets ready to move if he decides to move. You know what I mean? That's true. He's stuck and he he has his ways of doing things and things are different, you know, and, and he's been great, but people are different. And, and what worked then doesn't necessarily work now. Let me right. tell you what I mean by that. Before we had a system where head coach, it had dominion over everybody. Yeah. Because they they own they, the teams own your rights. That's right. They, the coach would come to you and say, "Son, you either play for us or you don't play this game at all." You know what I'm saying? Yep. And 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 they were paying you the kind of money that that okay, you wanted to make sure you had opportunities. Now, 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 you're getting thirty, forty, fifty million dollars, sixty million dollars guaranteed. There's no more dominion over people. It's True. you must work with people. You can't cut these people that's guaranteed 40, 50, 50. So I can't scare them with the cutting thereof. Exactly. I must I must impregnate them with the best that's in them. I exactly. gotta reach down the side of the kid and try to pull out their king now. And I go. gotta work with them to do it. I can't just force them to do it. There you go. I can't just cut them. It's going from dominion to partnership. And Thank if you. you can't work a partnership you can't coach in this league anymore. Nope. And that's what worries me with some of the old timers and, and, and everything. What I went and spent time and sat with Antonio Pierce in, in Las Vegas, because he's a good dude and a good friend. And I went and sat with him. And, and, and when I was in that, that, uh, that building, before I walked out, all those players said, hey, man, this is our coach right here, Mike. They knew I was going to TV and talk about it. They said, this is our coach. We got to keep our coach. Think about this. You said we don't have to mention those other coaches. I'll mention them in this term. You had $100 million to John Grew. You yep. gave another $70 million to Josh McDaniel. Exactly. All, all, all to create an offense that will compete with the Kansas City Chiefs. Exactly. Because we're all trying to chase the top team in the NFL. 100%. Certainly the top team in our division. Yep. All to try to create an offense 
with that thing they had in Kansas City. You know what? Because they hadn't beaten Chiefs in so long. But you know what? Antonio Pierce did it with defense. Defense. That, you, 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 you still paying on that $100 million contract, that $70 million contract. Right. When they played Kansas City, they, they didn't catch a pass after the first quarter. They still won that game. Right. That defense how Patrick Mahomes. That defense won the football game and won a lot of these football games for them. He's True appointed story. the guys. He's appointed the guys. Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby. He's appointed his guys on that team, and they have shown up. I'm telling you, I, I, it's a, it a great mistake not not to make sure not to make sure that Antonio Pierce is the coach of that team. Oh, 100%. Antonio Pierce should be the coach. And, you know, the reason that you're talking about dominion versus partnership, I've always felt like it's it was supposed to be partnership, right? We're in this together. Right. These are grown right. men. You know, the fact, that, the, the fact that guys have curfew, I get it, man. Like, you go on the road or you're at home and you got to stay in the hotel. Like, sometimes we treat players like children. And I understand, like, guys right. get into some things and they got money. Right. And when there's more money, there can be more problems. But you right. got to treat guys like they're grownups. And you got to make them understand that you have their best interests at heart. And I'm not saying that the Patriot way didn't do that. But that's why I think right. the Patriot way is dead in today's game. Because right. you have to move past that and, and actually let the guys know, like, I'm in this with you, man. I'm not going behind your back talking to sources, telling them things so I, so I can still be a coach in five years. I'm just here to make right. get the best out of you. And I think sometimes right. that gets lost when it becomes dominion over. And it's like, you're going to do what I tell you to do because I told you to do that. It's like, no, Correct. you're paying me 30 to $40 million because I'm great at what I do. I need you, you to help your me job get is to better. Help me bring out, bring, right, that's it. That's it. You Thank ain't got to I, – I don't need to stroke your ego or your control – craziness, your Correct. OCD controllingness. Correct. I just need you to help me get better. And, exactly. and you to understand, you can't just throw me away. <laughs> I don't do everything you want me to do like you exactly. want me to do it when you want me to do it. So okay. that says a partnership. And that takes a different kind of coach. You have to work with people, yeah. not above people. You got to work alongside them. Yep. And, um, you know, that takes me to like – you know, it's kind of to close this down a little bit. I just wanted to talk to you because you, you know, you've been through some stuff in the last year that me and you have connected on and talked about. And you've had your own yeah. kind of like Black Monday experience um, with what happened at the Super Bowl last year. Right. You know, it kind of led to uh, your ESPN exit. And and I know Stephen A was very, very vocal about like wanting you back at ESPN. But then you end up, uh, you know, going over to Fox and, and doing and being on Undisputed. Just how did that whole situation unfold and how'd you end up at Fox? Yeah, see, see what people don't know, all the things, man, that was what I would call a dream job for me. Right. Only because the history. You right. know, Stephen A and I started right where I am now, together. That okay. room I shoot Undisputed in, we used to shoot Best Damn Sports Show in that room. The same room back in 2000, you know. Okay. Stephen A was just coming out of Philadelphia. He was writing for the Philadelphia Inquirer. I remember when he used to come on the show and, and we used to talk about it. He, he, you know, me and the producers then, you know, uh, the very good friends of mine, the Aaron Weinbergers, the, the Mark Mayers, all right, those right. guys talk about it. We, I used to say, we used to talk about how he's, he's very talented, but, but, but 
He doesn't smile much. He goes off almost as an angry black man. We need to work with this. We have to work on him a little bit, you know. But he was just making his way in the business, you know. So he was trying to cut his way in, cut his way in. Way back then, you know, Stephen A. had dreams and, and, and wanted to do his own shows. Every one of his shows, we talked about this way back then, all of his shows, you know, I, I would be a guest on him. I wanted to make sure I try to help him build the show and, and then have the opportunity to work with him on first take. It was it was one of the dream jobs because our history goes way back there. You know what I mean? So so I, I was I was hurt. I was hurt by that decision to not move forward from ESPN because I know the ratings were superb. The ratings when we when I when I was on some of the highest Rated shows we've had over at first take. So I know the rating was superb. So yeah, I was hurt. But Stephen A's been great, man. He'll call and encourage you to say, man, I'm just happy you're still working and still in the business, man, and, and things like that. So, you know, you wish nothing but great love to your great friends like that. And, and he wishes great love to me also. No, that's awesome. And it's guys like yourself. Yeah, I, love, like, I love the dude, man. I love the dude. I love that's, that's so cool, I really, man. I love him to death. It's, it's great to hear to hear stories like that because, like, whether you agree with uh, everybody's opinion or their take on a right. certain situation or even how they approach it, right, um, I do think that it's been inspirational to see how guys like yourself and Stephen A. and Shannon um, have been able to climb the ranks, um, continue to evolve and, and and have fun doing what you do. You know, that's the reason I do right. TV. It's not something I, I ever wanted to do. You saw it in me early. I saw not, it in you early. <laughs> it wasn't something that I ever wanted to do because of kind of the stig- stigma of like being a former player who's killing right. players. But you don't have to do that. Right. And Mike, right. you, you don't do that. And you still right. have fun and you still bring energy to the fans. So for me, it's it's been an honor to have you uh, be on this show. But before we before I let you get out of here, but you're saying something though. It's, it don't come with malice intention. Don't come with malice intention in this business. Don't come with malice. Don't come saying I'm gonna get this dude back. What he said something to me and for when I played him. Honestly, dude, honestly, honestly, you you talk about the Cat Williams stuff. Right. It, it hurts me to a certain degree that we go after each other like this. All I don't disagree. Time. I don't disagree. They come after us. You know, others are coming after us. Why yeah. we always go after each other like this all the time, man. It's just that that, that, that that disturbs me. It's almost like social media is getting to brothers going after brothers. Right. You know, I, I, I don't see others going after others. I just see brothers going after brothers. And, I feel you. And, uh, you know, if, yeah, Nah, it just that bothers me, man. No, no, no. I, I mean, I'm with we you. are here. We are here now. We, we, we let, let, let's get out of this crab bucket mentality. You know, let's get out of that. Always trying to snatch somebody else down, taking any room or running it anywhere with not any facts upon it, and just, 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 just perpetuating a lie for people and just going over and over and over and over. It's, it's amazing in this world where this has been. And I don't see, I just don't see them doing it. I only see us doing it. And and that's got to be as painful and as sad as we glorify and throw life. That's the only reason I'm bringing attention to it because that's, that's tantamount to that. 
Let's stop it all is what I'm saying. I'm with you on all that. And, 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 and it's really the, the whole situation with Rob Parker years ago in 2012 or 2013, when he said what he said about me, um, it's like right. we tear each other down. We don't have to right. do that, man. It's not a piece of pie, right? We can right. all be successful. And it was funny to me because Mike Epps said something about Cat Williams. Uh, he was like, man, I'm just mad he didn't mention me. Because like that, <laughs> that episode has gone bananas. It's Everyone. killing it. And because of that, Everyone that was mentioned is now back in the public spotlight. Like, why can't we do that in a way that's more positive and more uplifting to, to point out the great things that all these guys are doing instead of tearing them down to try to prop ourselves up? You know, it, like I said, it's, it's one thing to disagree with an opinion. I disagree with a lot of people's opinions, but I don't have right. to tear that guy down to say Correct. I'm right and this guy and then go off on a tangent about everything he's ever done wrong his entire life. But like the uh, whole idea is to get thoughts and ideas from everywhere in our mouth and, and then come up with a great solution for everything. Thank but you. And since everybody is coming from everywhere, that gives us every possible solution to look at. But if we're trying to make everybody the same damn thing, then we won't <laughs> have all these solutions. We'll only have one avenue. Please, let's keep let, let, let's, let's keep the variance. In I'm people with you. and the di different perspectives of yep. people, so we can have a wider range to pick from. Is what right. I say. And let's stop putting each other down. Listen, you go, you going right, you going right to everything that that I always talk about. Like whether it's black, white, blue, green, or yellow, people are different. There's going to be different ways of doing things, different cultures. And even within our own culture, the black culture, there's different ways that people can assess who they are, how they are. But it's all black. It's all yeah. black. It, you know, that's something that hits home with me. So I appreciate you you going there and talking about it. But let's finish this one on a on a on a fun note. And oh, yeah. I, I want to do a wide receiver draft with you. All right. So yeah. for your top five wideouts, you get to draft, then I get to draft, and we'll come up with who we think our own top five are based off of those categories. So I'll let you go first. Um who who you wanna who you wanna draft first? I'm drafting my 88 first. I can give you Tyreek and I take CD uh, because I understand now that yeah. CD is the system. Like I told you before, yes. I would take Tyreek, yes. but CD now has become a system. And it wasn't that he wasn't before; it's just they didn't recognize the given opportunity to. So I, I will take my 88 first draft. I agree with that sense of CD, but I gotta go with Tyreek. Listen, he's putting on for the short kings. How many how many five eight five nine wide receivers have there been that have been a true number one wideout? Very few. Who you got? Who you guys your second right, pick? Right, that's a good one. Now, I <laughs> now, now who? This is so hard. I'm going to give you Jamar Chase because I'm taking Justin Jefferson. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Justin Jefferson. Okay. I, I know where you're going because because that would be the next person I take. Yep. Tyreek <laughs> and Jamar Chase. Now, oh. Wait. I, I look at the squad. You got oh, that's a speed over there. You got boy. Oh, oh. I'm, but if you, I'm maybe you go get your big one. I, I, I'm gonna stop getting ahead. See, who do you, you got? You, you, you're trying to force oh, my hand, got? but you you're trying to force my hand. But I don't think it's forcing my hand. I agree with you. It is Jamar Chase. I get a guy in Tyreek <laughs> and a guy in Jamar who can play inside and outside and move around. Ooh. All type of playmaking ability, yak yard monsters. I got Jamar Ooh. as my number two. Who's your number three? Ooh, we do. Dude, I'm going to go get me a DK Metcalf. Okay, okay, Let all right. Let me tell you why I'm going to get a DK Metcalf. Because I got, look at the size, the various sizes. Right. And now I got the big guy with all the speed I need. Because okay. he's going to get me the over-the-top. 
I need you to get your big butt up the field and scare people <laughs> while my boys transition this thing right around. I'm going to okay. take DK Metcalf. Okay, you got DK. That's a great pick because he was literally going to be mine. <laughs> but, since you, but since you took DK, I'm going to take Devontae Adams. And the reason is I can put Jamar and Tyreek in the slot and I know that Devontae can work outside. Or I can put Tyreek and Devontae in the slot and know Jamar can work outside. So uh, I just – those three together gives me – obviously, we all got number one receivers here, but they're so multiple in different ways. And and I feel like even on third down, I know Devontae's winning his one-on-one. Who is your number four? A.J. Brown. That's a good I one, man. That's a good one. A.B. 11 from heaven. That's okay. what I'm calling okay. A.J. Brown. Look at that. I got A.J. D.K. Metcalf. Oh, no. Oh, you cooking right now. Golly. <laughs> what you going to do with that? Mm. What you going to do? D.K. A.J. C.D. and Justin. Man, shut this thing down. All right. I don't care what you All say. Right. I, hey, oh, okay. I can, I can okay. get anybody to play quarterback. We're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, here's what I'll say. I would take I would take Debo Samuel next. And the re- oh, oh, oh. Come oh, on now. And the that's reason I take Debo is because what you have with CD, I need that on my team, right? Debo's a jack of all trades. He can play wide out, running back, H back, tight end. He can do all those different things. So I need him to be the guy that's going to move around and it's going to complement Tyreek, Jamar, and Devontae. So that's my number four. And who you got fifth? I want a utility guy, and I'm going to throw something out here that'll that, that throw you away here that I really like. I'm going to give this kid some credit because I think he deserves some credit. But okay. that Slim Reaper, Ooh. nobody gives him credit Ooh. for the way this kid has accepted his role. Remember now, Slim Reaper was drafted over in Philly to be the dude, and then they got A.B. Brown, A.B. Levin, and he kind of – he never heard a word from him. He just kind of stepped. And, and, and I, I interviewed him a couple weeks ago. I said, man, every time you get an opportunity, you make a play. You know what I mean? And he's a small guy, but still goes up and get the ball. See, that receiver, I want to be great, but I want to be able to not cause a problem. He's my utility guy. I will take Slim Reaper as my utility guy. I've only played four at a time, but I'm going to have me. I, I need a peaceful guy. A peaceful guy as my fifth guy because I can't have him stirring stuff up because it's cold. It's cold stirring everything up. Mike, that's genius because I'm looking at my list right now. I'm like, man, who can I get at number five that ain't going to cause no problems? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going with a guy that has been dealing with so much this year, whether it's quarterback play, guys going down left and right, playing with three or four starting QBs. The year they came in with a lot of high hopes and it all went to shit, basically. That's a bad boy. I'm going with Garrett Wilson. The fact that this man had a thousand yards receiving, I'm going with Garrett. I'm going with Garrett. The fact that that he had a thousand yards receiving this year with the quarterback play that they had was phenomenal. He, I need that young guy that's got spring in his legs. You know what I'm saying? So that when he does come in, He's going he gonna to lay it down for some of the older guys that I have on the roster. So I'm right. going with Garrett Wilson as number five. And there's a lot of guys that, that could have been put, you know, right. put, you know, been in that list that are certainly worthy. That's the five I got to rock with. That's pretty good, though, dog. I like that little game, though. I'm going to have to steal this one, too. This is a cool <laughs> little game right now. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. And honestly, being so generous with your time, you know, we went way longer than anticipated, yeah. but – 
I think the conversation was certainly worth it. We went everywhere, yeah, sports, that. entertainment, life, uh, right. philosophy. You know, we, we a bunch of philosophizers over here. So right. we, we having a good right. time. And, <laughs> and once again, Mike, I, I, all jokes aside, bro, I appreciate yeah. you for, for being there for me throughout this whole process. Uh, you have been a gem to me this entire time. I always got your back. And once again, I appreciate you for everything you've done for me, man. Man, I love you, RG. I ain't, I'm no lie. I love you, man. And I thank God when I watch you. I got a chance to watch you grow, watch you here at Baylor right here in, in, in Texas and, and see everything you're doing. You can tell early, man, when, when God touches someone and says, I'm going to work some things through you. And I could tell, I could see that thing way back then. And that's why I said that to you. Just keep allowing God to work things through you. He'll give them to you. You just keep helping people get to where they have to be yes, in sir. life, buddy. I love hey, you, man. man. Keep doing your work. Hey, I'm, real men can say I love you, so I love you too, brother, and I appreciate you. Absolutely, buddy. Much right, love, my buddy. guy. Stay up. All right, people, that's a wrap for episode 17 of RG3 and the Ones. I want to give a huge shout out to the man, Michael Irvin, the one they call Playmaker, for coming on the show, dropping some gems, and having a great time. Like I said, I hope you guys are able to take one thing from this show that you're allowed or you can apply to your own life to make you the one in that bad boy as well. So make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube page, RG3 and the Ones, like and subscribe, right? We need you guys to keep this bad boy rolling so we can keep having fun every single week. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And I once again have to say that RG3 and the Ones is a Wave Sports and Entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. And this show would not be possible if it wasn't for my producers and also Whispering Oaks Productions. Appreciate all you guys for making this thing happen, not just for dealing with me every single week, but being the best in the business at what you do. So make sure you guys go ahead and follow us on social media at RG3 and the Ones before we get out of here. And remember, episodes drop every Thursday and we're going to be putting clips on social media to get you excited from last week's episode as we bridge into this week. And as I always do, I want you guys to have a little bit of motivation before we leave. So make sure every day you get up, you go out and you chase your dreams. Don't let anybody tell you what you can or can't do. And just because they don't believe in your vision doesn't mean that it's not valid. Put in the work and go get it. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.